This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, enjoy today's message with Adam Donier. But we're ending a series today, so you've missed the last three weeks. We've been going through a series. Travis kicked it off, did a phenomenal job in talking about your wife being the defining beauty that you need to put your definition of beauty in and what happens when you do that. Ted talked a little bit about sliding versus deciding last week. He showed a video of these slides, and I was really hoping he was using it to talk about sliding into DMs, right? Some of you are like, wait, what are sliding into DMs? I'm going to explain it. For all of our veterans that just stood up, when you guys were off serving our country, you had to write letters back. You wrote letters back, and it was an anticipation to get that letter back in a couple weeks maybe. And, and, and so now... Young people just slide into DMs. So there's this thing called social media, and they just text into the DMs, and all they say is, yo, what's up? <laughs> you, know, you young people need to understand something. When, when, when your grandfather pursued your grandmother, it was the four, the one, the seven. Oh, I messed up. I got to start all over again. Those were called rotary phones for you young people that don't understand what they were. And then when you used the rotary phone, you called home, and most of the time, dad answered the phone. Oh, yeah. Hello? Please, please, please talk to your daughter. Daughter? What are your intentions with my daughter? I, 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 I just want, I want to talk to her. Right? And now there's no, there's no firewall. There's no barricade. They're sliding into DMs like, yo, what's up? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring it, I promise. But, but my sisters in Christ, for those of you that have a relationship with Jesus, I, I want you to hear this very emphatically. You are a daughter of the King. You are a daughter of the Most High. And no one and nothing should treat you other than such. Amen? So we're going to look at Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. And we're going to wrap it up. And I know the Song of Songs continues after chapter 2, but we said we're going to keep this series PG-ish. And if you get into 3, it stops being PG real quick. Okay? I'm just, I'm just, this dude's like, whoa, let's keep going. We're going to stop after this chapter. We're going to launch a brand new series that Ted will kick off next week. Be phenomenal. But we're, we're talking about curiosity, differences, and safety. So let's go ahead and look at Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 14. Oh, my dove, another word for love. It was a symbol of love. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face and let me hear your voice. There is a pursuit, young ladies. The, the individual is pursuing her. He's chasing after her, right? Birds were at very high on cliffs to protect themselves from predators. To get to these cliffs or to get to these hidden spots, it takes work. It takes time. It's a process. And ladies, I want you to know this. Treasures do not do the hunting. They're hunted for. And, and if he doesn't want to hunt, ladies, he's not worth having. If you don't want to work, I, I'm just telling you, and we're, and we're going to look into this. We're looking to what Song of Song says about a man that is worthy to pursue you and, and, and what that means. It goes on to say in Song of Songs 2 verse 14, it says, For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. It, this is a compliment. Some of you, when you were dating your spouse in here, the compliments just flowed like honey. And, and, then, and, then, and then you got married and, and those compliments stopped coming out as much. 
They, they don't hear, like, like he's, he's trying, these are like pickup lines, right? This, this, is, this is like, hey girl, you ever read the book of Numbers? No, why? Well, can I have yours? Right? That, 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 that's what this is. This, this, this is, he's like trying to pick her up. Like he's pursuing her. He's being smooth, right? It's like walking up to her and, and being like, hey girl, do you like barbecue? She's like, wait, what barbecue? Yeah, because I believe my rib belongs to you. All right, I'll stop with the pickup lines. I'll get it. I'll stop. I'll stop. But it's, it's a pursuit. It, it, it's, it's honoring. So, so we get married and, and we, we stop encouraging. We stop speaking redemptively. We stop speaking in a positive tone. Like, I'm telling you right now, your wife would love to know she's killing it with the laundry. She would love it. Baby, you are killing it with the laundry. I, I just saw a wife out there literally doing this. I'm not making that up was literally raising the roof in here. Ladies, you are killing it with the laundry. I'm just telling you that right now. Come on. We're killing it with the dishes. We're killing it running the kids everywhere that play 50 sports in a season. We're killing it with everything that she's doing. And, and wives, I know your husbands would love to know they're killing it, that they're doing their best to go work 40 hours a week and come home and be engaged with the kids and do like, I've never heard someone be like, ah, stop encouraging me. Just stop. I don't want to be. No. Like, speak words. Like, you don't have to go to this cheesy pickup lines I just gave you, but, but speak words. Like, just, hey, just try this this week with your wife, husband. See how it looks. And, and mean it. Like, genuinely mean it. Not because I'm telling you, but like, girl, you look hot. Like, you look good. And you know what? Recognize when she gets a haircut. See how it goes for you, fellas. Just some of those things, right? Because reality is we tend to appreciate someone's unique gifts in dating and then find their weaknesses in marriage. This is a callback to why Ted talks, why this church is so adamant and passionate about an honor list. Like we honor people. Remember the things that we love about people, right? I I have misophonia. I'm not making this up. If you don't know what misophonia is, misophonia is is the, the great dislike for mouth noises. So... If you come right next to me and chomp an apple, I'm going to freak out. Like you just took fingernails on the chalkboard and just run. Like I, I can't do it. Or, or if we're watching a football game and you pull out Doritos, I can't do mouth noises. Anybody else in here with me can't do mouth noises? Yeah, you have misophonia. Go look it up. I'm not, it's, it's a true thing. So I thought it was pretty cute and dating to want her to like me. Now, like, baby, you, you can't sit next to me on the couch when you're eating. I'm just letting you know. I, I, I love you, but, but you got to sit on the other side of the couch. And she doesn't chew with her mouth open, which sends me into a whole nother flip out. She, she's got a hollow mouth. That thing's like. I don't know. It's just how God created her. But that's why the honor list is so important. It's because when we get comfortable, when we get into marriage, we, we forget about all the things we really love and appreciate that person. And, and here's the real, you can find anything critical you want to find in your spouse. It's easy. And I tell people in premarital counseling all the time, look, at, you take one sinner plus one sinner, that equals more sin, not less sin. So, so when you're stepping into courtship or dating and then it leads to marriage, you're going to magnify everything that, 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 that's there. That's why it says what is found in dating is multiplied in marriage. But that, that could be the positive too. That doesn't always have to have a negative connotation to it. That, that can be the positive too. And like anything, we get out what we put in. 
So if you want a fun, exciting, happy marriage, you're going to get out what you put in. And obviously here in Song of Songs, we see they're putting effort and energy into this relationship. Now, there's a difference between courting and dating. Dating doesn't have to be as intense. But when you start courting, you're intentional. And I want you to know, if you just walked in here or you're watching online, you've never heard it. When I first became a believer, there were Christianese terms that I just didn't understand. Protect her heart. What do you mean? Like get her a bulletproof vest, put it on her? Like what do you mean protect her? Never heard. Boundaries. What, what, are, what are emotional boundaries? What are you talking about? These were things that seemed very foreign to me and seemed very legalistic to me. Wait a minute, you don't, you don't think I should kiss her till I get married? Like, what are you talking about? There were things that I never learned and I was raised by culture. So my perspective of dating, my perspective of marriage was all culture. And then the more I walked in the word and the more I allowed godly people around me to speak, I realized, oh my goodness, they're actually trying to protect me. They, they're, they're actually trying to set me up for success. They're not fun haters. And by the way, God is not a killjoy either. He, he's just opposed to whatever is going to kill your joy. There's a big difference. It, it's, it's, some of you got cold this week. How many of you put fires? First fires of the, of the season? Anybody made their first fires of the season? This, the fireplace in the home? Start doing fireplace in the home. And, and what does it do? If you have a flute, it really warms the home. And that fireplace has a really good purpose in your home. It heats it. And that fire was designed to be inside the fireplace. But if I take that fire outside of the fireplace and put it somewhere else in the home, what happens? Burns the whole house down. Sex is a really good thing designed to be in the fireplace of marriage. And when you remove that outside of God's context, you can end up burning the whole house down. Or some of you are already in Christmas mode. Be honest, ladies. How many of you have already watched the Hallmark Christmas movie this week? Oh my gosh. Jesus forgives you. <laughs> but but a real, a real Christmas movie's coming up soon, Christmas story, right? Ralphie, you shoot your eye out. And one of the great scenes from Ralphie is when this kid sticks his tongue to the pole. That's kind of like premarital sex. You're going to get your tongue back, but you're going to leave a piece of it on that pole. Now your tongue's going to heal. And you're still going to be able to taste, but it's impossible to, to enter into anything that is opposite of God's design, i.e. premarital sex, and doing those things in dating, and not expect for that person to have a piece of you. We'll talk about it more here in a second, but, but this is what it goes on to say in Song of Songs 2.15. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. In other words, what they're saying is here, what are the red flags in our dating? Before, like our, our relationship is budding, our relationship is growing. What are red flags in our dating that could potentially be hazardous down the road? Right? It's important to identify what those are because here's the reality. How many of you ever traveled? And as you're traveling, you get on the plane. This just has, happened to me like a year ago. You literally get out to the runway and all of a sudden the captain comes over. Uh, I'm sorry, we're going to have to go back to the jet bridge. We're mechanical problem. And you're just furious. You, you were just living. You're, you're like, are you kidding me right now? There's no way. You go back to the jet bridge, another two, three hours maybe. If not, you have to deplane. I didn't have to deplane this time, but it was another two hours. And I'm ready to get home. But, but, but you know the only thing worse than being on that runway about to take off and get home? 
you're spot on. It's being 30,000 feet in the air and saying, um, I'm sorry, passengers, we have a problem and we don't have enough uh, parachutes. Uh, good luck. <laughs> so, so as you're pursuing or courting or dating anyone, like, if you can figure out the problems on the runway, it's a lot better than trying to figure them out in the air. Right? Would you, I love Travis said this earlier to me, would you, would you rather be on the ground wishing you were in the air or be in the air wishing you were on the ground? Right? And so it's important to identify these foxes of the vineyard, which called red flags. Gary Thomas, who we had speak at Woodland Hills a couple years ago and talked about when to walk away when he was talking about toxic people, he also wrote a book called The Sacred Search. And in The Sacred Search, he talks about courting and dating. And he says that a lot of times in courting and dating, we're unable to see red flags because of what happens in infatuation. Matter of fact, in infatuation, there's all this oxytocin that is just released from your brain. And so what happens is you put on these rose-colored glasses, and when you put on rose-colored glasses, you can't see red flags. And when you magnify that with sexual intimacy, now you've got this oxytocin going on in your brain and then the connection of sexual intimacy releases all these opiates like a shower of cocaine into the brain which creates an addiction to that person and so you end up sticking in a relationship you know you shouldn't be in because you're so addicted to what that feeling gives you rather than allowing common sense to override a relationship you shouldn't be in and so there's red flags in dating that we miss because we put on rose-colored glasses here's some of those red flags the first one being different spiritual directions 2 Corinthians 6.14 is crystal clear. Non-believers should not be married with believers. And it's one of the hardest things I've done as a teaching pastor. I get asked to perform marriage ceremonies all the time through people here and outside of here. And before I do that, I got to know their spiritual background. So a couple years back, I got asked to perform a wedding with some people in Branson. And I took them to dinner at Cantina Laredo. And, and I quickly found out that she was in love with Jesus. And, and he told me he was an atheist. Yeah, mm, you didn't have to send the email after that dinner. And so I sent the email in the most loving way, and I said, I, I love you. I still want to hang out with you. I, I, I want to be in your corner. I would love to spend some time with you. Please let me know when you're available. But I cannot perform your, 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 your wedding. You're mad, angry. It's understand. I still, if you're watching, I love you. I still care, but I still want to hang out with you. It's true, true words. But, but scripture's crystal clear. And, and as teaching pastors and pastors of the church, we're not ever going to waver on what God's word tells us to do. It doesn't mean we hate you. It doesn't mean we think we're better than you. It doesn't mean any of those things. But God's word has never stirred us wrong. And, and so as, as hard as that conversation went, yeah. Just, just recently, I, I married a couple this summer. And, and they were doing the right thing that we would encourage them to oblige by. And that, that you don't live together. You don't cohabitate until the wedding. And so her lease was up a month before their wedding. And they said, can we just move in the last month? I'm like, no. Are you, the, the finish line's right there. What do you mean? Can you? No. I, I, my wife and I will personally give you money to rent for a month before you do that. That like you've gone this far of honoring the Lord. Don't do it. Which, by the way, is why I'm not a fan of long engagements. Because engagement is all the work without any of the perk. You can explain that to your kids when they're 15, okay? I, I just don't get it. Engagement was my hardest season with my bride. Yeah, we, we, I'll explain that here in a sec. Here we go. They don't have no respect for authority if they're not humble. 
I've told you guys this before. We've never heard someone in our life say, I don't like that person. They're just too humble. Said no one ever. The opposite is true. I don't like that person. They're arrogant. You can fill in the blank. Okay? But, but they don't have respect. Another red flag would be different priorities. They're going in different directions. Maybe that person, maybe they're both Christians, but this person loves to travel a lot. This person's a homebody. This person's a city slicker. This person's a hillbilly. Sometimes it can work. But, but sometimes when somebody wants to hunt a lot and somebody wants to go shopping a lot, it's going to be a lot of tension. Okay? Different priorities. Another red flag would be excitement over potential and not character. Whew. This is bad. Potential is a scary word. Oh, man, but he's got so much potential. Sweetie, you know he's also got potential to be a murderer. I would be more worried about his character. <laughs> right? Or it drives me crazy when young men I pour into say this. Ah, I know, but Adam, she's so hot. I'm like, bro, so is hell. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And, and to Travis's point, the first week when he kicked this off, when, when your wife is what defines beauty, then, then her character gets her even more beautiful that even when you're both 70 and you definitely don't look like you do, sucker, and she doesn't look like she does at 70, then, then beauty is still beautiful because that is your definition of beauty. I don't care what she looks like. I care about her character. Scripture even talks about how beautiful character is. Another red flag would be this. Early signs of abuse, manipulation, or deceit. My older sister, Nicole, is one of my heroes. She was in a relationship, and she has a child with this individual that broke her face. She was in domestic abuse for years. And I walked through it with her, and she is one of my heroes because of how strong she's gotten out of this. She's in a healthy marriage now. It was one of the hardest years of her life. But she who's standing up here with me today. She would tell all of you that she saw early signs that she ignored. That there were red flags that she ignored, and then she got in it. And getting out of it was 30,000 feet in the air. It's so hard because they manipulate you, they threaten you, all those things. And so my prayer, if any of you in here are involved in domestic abuse or know somebody, know that I'm praying for you and that you have help at this church. This church will give you strength, it will give you support, and it will do whatever it can to help you get out of an abusive situation. But, but you got to be aware of early signs. And, and if your parents or people that love and care about you because you have rose-colored glasses and you want to ignore some things about him firmly grabbing you or, or doing any things, God put those people in your life for a reason. Pay heed to the people he puts in your life that can see your blind spots when you can't see them. Here's some other red flags. No respect for parents or parents are too involved, right? Ephesians 6 says that honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That they don't honor your parents now in dating, holy cow, don't even expect that you're gonna go visit them at Christmas or Thanksgiving when you're married, right? But parents also, you can't be too overly involved. Every time I do a wedding and the dad comes up and, and he's got his bride and I say, who gives this beautiful bride to be married today? And I explain to the dad, she's been under your hedge of protection. That hedge of protection is moving from you now over to the groom. Mom, we got to cut the umbilical cord. Sweet bride, when you have problems and you have issues, mom cannot be your first phone call. It's not fair to him. You've got to let them work out this conflict. And here's the other thing I'll tell you with Thanksgiving coming up. If they're just dating, I probably wouldn't have them over for Thanksgiving dinner. That's intense. Because now if it doesn't work out, they're not just breaking up with your daughter, they're breaking up with you too. 
You, you, you got to think about how, how this emotionally impacts your daughter's heart, how it Im- emotionally impacts your son's heart, and who and what you allow in. And just don't start treating a dating couple like a married couple, which is family trips. That's things that married couples do with conversations. I tell young people all the time, bring the level 10 conversation down to 11-3 conversation. Instead of asking how many kids you want to have one day when you're not even engaged, how about asking what their favorite candy bar is? Let's start there, Okay. Let, let's chill out on the emotional heaviness. It's just, it's just important. Unresolved emotional baggage. Now, hear me. If some of these red flags are you, God redeems it. It doesn't mean you're undateable, and it doesn't mean you're uncourtable. It, it just means that you need to work through some of these things before you're in a healthy place to be in a marriage that is, or be in a relationship that is pursuing marriage. Another red flag would be secrets or sneaky behavior they start hiding stuff or they're sneaky or they don't ever, they freak out every time you get close to their phone. Like that's a red flag. They're hiding something. Hebrews 4.13 says nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything we've done will be laid bare before him to whom we must give an account. And someone who lives with a clear conscience isn't going to be jumpy or scared. But seek, secret behavior, sneaky behavior, that, that's a red flag. If you feel like they're hiding something, they probably are. And if that is creating more insecurity in you, that's a good sign not to be in that relationship. Here's another red flag. Codependent. They're expecting you to complete them. I love everyone in here. All of you make a horrible savior. Me included. And nobody in any relationship is going to complete you. Christ and Christ alone will complete you. And until you're healthy in that relationship, you'll never be healthy to be in any other relationship. Why do I say this? God's word says he created man first. And the first relationship that was formed was a vertical relationship. It was a vertical relationship between him and God. And then once he created that relationship, then there was a horizontal relationship between man and woman. So the first relationship is with God. The second relationship with each other. We get that backwards. It's called codependency. Last red flag. Addictions. And I'm not saying you can't overcome addictions. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever, the gambling. Um, but, But that's a red flag. And if they're not seeking help to overcome those addictions, those addictions are gonna pull you down with them. And and if you're on the runway, why get up thirty thousand feet when you already know there's addictions? So it's a lot harder to handle those addictions at 30,000 feet than it is on the runway. And, and listen, I'm, I'm not a home wrecker. I'm not trying to get anyone in here to break up with somebody they're dating or courting. I'm actually a big fan of more men stepping up and pursuing young ladies. Daughters of the king. But God gives us red flags, not because he hates us, because he loves us. And he wants what is best for us. Okay, going on. Courting someone shouldn't be conflict-free, but it shouldn't be World War III either. So my wife and I got into conflict when we were dating. Our, our biggest conflict was at Crate and Barrel. We got the gun, we got registry, and she wanted me to go be a part of it. And so we start going through Crate and Barrel, and I quickly discover, oh, she really doesn't want my opinion. <laughs> she just wants my participation. She just wants me to be a part of the process. And I figured out when I really took some interest in some knives and forks. And I said, I really like these knives and forks. And she just gave me this stink eye face, like those are the ugliest knives and forks I've ever seen. I get my feelings hurt because I realize, oh, you really don't want my opinion. You just want my participation. Okay, you finish registering, I'm going to go out to the parking lot and have a quiet time. So I go out into the crate and barrel, open my Bible. And pray. Meanwhile, she's in crate and barrel crying the whole time that I found out later because she felt like I didn't care. She's like, what am I getting myself into? And I'm like... Lord, what am I getting myself into? 
But if you're dating someone, you're like, oh, it's always perfect. We never fight. It's just like Disneyland. I'm like, no, stop it. I get worried about premarital counseling. I do with people don't ever have conflict, whether it be over forks or knives or directions or whatever it may be, right? The, the reality is conflict is important, but it shouldn't be World War III either. And what I mean by that, if you are f- trying really hard to make this work, it's probably a red flag. It shouldn't be perfect, but, but it should be pretty seamless. When, when God joins it together, it just kind of flows. Now, I'm not saying conflict-free. Some, some of you have just got to cut the cord and just say, this, this, it shouldn't be this difficult. It shouldn't be this hard. And I know that's hard for some of you to hear, but it's the truth. You're, you're giving way too much emotional effort, time, energy, all the, and, and the thing is, reality, we feel so invested, we're afraid to walk away. But I'm telling you, God has something better for you. If that's you, God has something better for you. Goes on to say, oh, I'm sorry, check out this. You missed three the ones waiting for the one. Now, let me finish this whole thought before you jump to conclusions here, okay? I don't believe there is just one person out there for you. There's 8.4 billion people in this world. Divide that in half, that's 4.2 billion. So if you are one of the male or female of that 4.2 billion and you gotta find one in 4.2 billion, go buy some lottery tickets, you got a better chance. You have a better chance finding a Oompa Loompa riding a unicorn fighting Bigfoot than you do finding the one. Now, when you get married, that is the one. That's the one that you choose to be with, that you fight with, that you're in a covenant with. That is the one when you get married. But that, I don't know if they're the one. Do they love Jesus? Yes. Are they pursuing him? Yes. Do they have accountability? Yes. Do they honor my boundaries? Yes. Do they honor my parents? Yes. Get married. Stop overthinking it. This generation is so afraid of labels. You're courting. You're going towards marriage. Get it done. The sooner the better. When there's not all those red flags. All right? Or or to put it this way. All my Star Wars fans just got really excited about this quote, right? As you wait for the one, become the one God has called you to be. That was the worst Yoda impersonation. That, That sounded more like if Miss Piggy and Bane had a kid. Uh, I'm going to blame it on the cough. Stop. I got to find the one. I, no. Be the one God is calling you to be. Be the one God has called you to be. Stop lurking. Oh, my gosh. What if I don't find the one? What? Man, living with that. Good luck. 1.42 billion. Whew. That's, that's rough. goes on to sing song of songs. My beloved is mine and I am his. He grazes among the ladies. It's a callback to 2-1, right? He's a lily among the thorns. Like he's a safe place. He, there's security. There's trust there. There's comfort. There, there's a place to be safe. And so uh, this is my wedding ring that my wife got for me when we got married over 15 years ago. And I didn't know this, but she engraved it. And literally inside this wing, ring is engraved this, this verse. I'm my book. And it's just simple. Like I'm yours. Like we're in this. We're, we're secure. And so I have a friend that actually won a, a national championship in a D1 sport. And... Um, He's very humble. He's a believer. He loves Jesus. And he, 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 ne- he never wear this. Like, but, but he wears it when he travels. And here's why. And, and I love it. So when he travels, and he, whether he's up in first class or wherever, and he puts his arm up on their armrest, what do people inevitably do? Dude! Dude! 
tell me about that ring. And, and it's even bigger than this ring, by the way. And so he got, and this is what he does. He says, oh, yeah, 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 I'd love to. This, this ring uh, tells me about a commitment I made to my wife. No, 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 dude, not that ring. This, that, the ring on your other hand. Oh, th this ring? Th this ring's dumb. Th this ring, moth and rust will destroy this ring. But, but let, me, let me tell you about how this reminds me to love my wife the way Christ loves the church. Let, let me tell you about how this ring reminds me to wash her in the word. Let me tell you about a covenant that I've made with God before witnesses and him. Uh, let, let me tell you about the way Christ loves the church. He, he sacrificed himself and gave himself up for the church, gave himself up for you and I, that he gave that, that, that this reminds me to be humble. This reminds me of a commitment. This reminds me of, of a decision I've made to walk in faithfulness and to honor my spouse well and to honor God well. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Now will you tell me about the ring? Ah, uh, this is stupid. Can I tell you more about my Jesus? I think that's such a powerful, powerful illustration that my friend uses every time he travels. And, and just may, as you that are married in here, be reminded of the security and the trust and the comfort that you've established when you've made a covenant. And, and, and what that means when you love your bride well, how you show the rest of the world Christ, how you show the rest of the world Jesus and what he did for us. Healthy relationships create trust and security. Going on to Song of Psalms 217, until the day breathes and the shadows flee. It's just an illustration of it's coming. There's a new day coming. I can't wait till we get married. It's two day coming. But even though in the next day, I want you guys to know this, is if, is if you're walking in something and you feel like you're beat up or you're convicted or you're in a premarital relationship you shouldn't be in, let me show you this illustration. If any of you guys were driving down Highway 65 right now and you missed your off-ramp because you're on your phone, not that any of you drive while intoxicated, but just humor me. And so you missed your, you missed your off-ramp what, when are you going to turn off next? Next exit. None of you are going to be like, ah, oh, you know what? Forget it. We'll just go all the way up to Ozark. Why not? No, you're going to get off at Saddlebrook. You're going to get off on the next exit to turn around and get back to Branson as soon as you can, if Branson was your exit. So I'm encouraging you, loved ones, if, if you are walking or going in a direction you don't know you should be going in, the best time to get off the off-ramp is as soon as possible. And hear me. God redeems, God forgives, God loves you, period, period, right? The last chapter in this, or the last verse in this chapter before it gets really intense in chapter three, turn my beloved, be like a gazelle or a young stag on cleft mounds. That's what you think. That's why we're stopping the series here, okay? It's, it's getting intense. It's starting to get a little steamy in here, okay? But let me show you this picture I think captures this really well when we talk about the garden. First of all, I'm really glad the lion's there. Second of all, <clears throat> God, God loves marriage. It's, it was his idea. God created marriage, not man. Matter of fact, and, and God wants to set us up for success. He tried to set them up for success. Think about this. Eve was literally the woman. She was the most beautiful woman in the entire world. There was no magazines in the grocery store. There was no mirror. She was the most secure, most confident woman in the world. And Adam was literally the man. He was it. He could walk around and be like, I'm the man. She's like, you are. You're right. You're the man. He was the man. And perfect and flawless. And they were naked. And they couldn't think of anything better to do but to hang around a stupid tree.
You see why I'm ticked? God set them up for success. And they wanted to believe the lie. They wanted to believe the lie. They wanted to believe that there was something better, that there was a better spouse or somebody else they should have married or there's something else they should have tasted or something else. No, 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 no. If you're married in here today, my loved ones, God wants what's best for you and your spouse that you are with. And if you're single, he wants what's best for you moving forward and that's only found in the confines of his lovely word. Amen? He's not a killjoy. He's just opposed to that which kills your joy. Marriage is his idea and it's to be honored by all. And when you step in it and have fun and do the honor list and honor him and guide young ones that are dating and courting and you show the example of what a healthy, godly marriage looks like, it's got a ripple effect. It's got a trickle down effect. So I pray for all of you. Pray for those that are single that wonder where he or she may be. Pray for those of you are courting that you would honor God well. And I pray for your marriages and the way you reflect Christ loves the church. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much for the families and everyone in here. I pray, Lord, for every marriage that's in this room and every marriage that's online and every marriage that's in the chapel and the courtyard. And, and God, I, I just pray, Lord, that you would bless them. That as the holidays come and more families and, and siblings and people see these marriages, they would see you in these marriages. And, and those that are dating or in relationships would honor you. And if they're not, they would get off the off-ramp as soon as possible. Gosh, we thank you so much for Woodland Hills Family Church, that this church cares about what you care about, and that's marriage and family. Thank you so much for all that you do for us, and specifically the cross, Jesus, that even when we have red flags of our own, that you redeem those, that you restore those, and you renew us. It's in your matchless and mighty name, Jesus, I pray, and all God's people said.